what these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Albert Wynn. You can find him on Twitter at Analytics Capper. And this is your Friday Best Bets episode, breaking down the NBA slate. We're going to get your best bets on tonight's games, get you set so you've got all of those bets locked in for the first Friday night in the NBA. It's been a great start to the season so far. Lots of interesting things to talk about and interesting games to cap. Love this Friday slate. Really like this one. Uh, will be interesting to see how it turns out. Reminder that everything we talk about on today's show can be found in the award-winning Action Network app. Best way for you to track your picks, get up to the second information on where the bets and money are coming in on. We got our projection system. You can see where the sharp moves that we're tracking. You'll get all of our content, our articles on different things. I'm working on a totals piece, looking at the impact of the take foul and whether or not that's actually influencing things. Not sure that it really is so far, or at least not to the degree that I don't necessarily know that it hasn't been factored in. But look for that as well as Green Dot Daily you can find in the app. It's our daily live streaming show that sets your betting agenda for the day, Monday through Friday. All of these podcasts are in the media center on the app. It's a great, uh, absolutely great tool. You need to download it right now. All right, Albert, we're going to go ahead and get started here. Uh, What's your best bet for Friday's slate? Yeah, this one's tough. There's nothing better than betting basketball while basketball is being played, but I'm going to go with the Heat here. I think it's a great bounce back spot. They lost their home opener, but they're hosting the Boston Celtics on Friday night. I usually don't go against line movement, but I think there's value here. Heat plus two and a half. Okay, I'm on the other side of this. I grabbed this as soon as it came out. It came out at one. uh, Celtics minus one, and I got it at one and a half before it immediately jumped all the way to two and then two and a half. And it continues to gain steam as we record this on Thursday night. Um, My best bets for Friday. I've got a number of them you can find in the app, but the best bets I can give you, uh, I like Toronto plus four on the road at the Nets. I actually think the Nets are starting 0-2. I do like the Celtics minus one and a half. I've got the Knicks minus five and a half in their home opener. Uh, And I like Golden State minus five and a half. Uh, versus the Nuggets. We'll talk about all those games briefly. But all right, let's go ahead and talk about this Heat Celtics game. So, uh, you know, we don't have enough data for me to be able to run any sort of projections. And so this is like that area we're all like working on priors and estimates and just kind of trying to bet by feel. I- I've done manual adjustments on the power ratings from last year. And by those numbers, I did gave the Celtics, a, I upgraded them a small, a half point um, for the win over the Sixers and how good they looked downgraded the heat for by a point because of how that loss to the bulls um i won't necessarily track it game by game but i did want to go ahead and be like well okay like home opener that's a significant loss beating the sixers in a big time spot that's a significant win uh so my number is four on this so anything below four i feel pretty good on boston uh i that can be an overreaction for sure i like the heat in the matchup last year i bet the over on the number of games in that series and and had some success there uh other than you know the kind of the bounce back spot after a weird loss to the bulls without zach levine 
Uh, what do you like about the spot here? And what do you think is the advantage in the edge for Miami? First of all, Matt, you got it at minus one and a half. I got it at plus two and a half. So let's just get a two point game. We yeah. both win. Yeah. That's the best. That's the best scenario. But honestly, to answer your question, I think it is a really good bounce back spot and an overreaction. I think that the fact that, um, you know, Bam went only five for 15 in that first game. It was a pretty embarrassing game, especially without Zach Levine. I expect him to do a lot better, especially without Robert Williams. And this is a different type of matchup for someone like Al Horford, who does really, really well against Joe Embiid, who's more of a plotter. And now Bam is more of a roller. So I think that we're going to see a little bit of uh, more creativity on offense for Miami. And then on defense, I think Boston, I think he, they had like a 26 to 2 fast break advantage. I don't think we're going to see that type of advantage, you know, in transition here, especially on the roads. So I think that's going to regress a little bit. So I think Miami, if they can keep Boston from running, because we know Boston can run, um, I think Miami does have a good shot. And obviously, if I'm going to be on the plus two and a half, I'm most likely going to sprinkle the money line as well. So I think as part of this, I, one, here's like an interesting kind of thing that we found after this number came out Thursday afternoon. So it, it goes from, it opens one, it goes to one and a half. It, it spikes to two, two and a half at, at spots immediately. Like there was a jump on one book from one and a half to two and a half immediately. Yeah. Um, but it touched three and then immediately went back down to two and a half. So like that seems to be the buy point where there was some sort of signal from a, from a, a, a group that books respect or an individual that pushed this back. So Two and a half is kind of the threshold. So I, I don't expect this to go past three. I don't like, I don't know how much the public is going to be on a road favorite in this spot. Right. Even with the Celtics, I feel like there's likelihood to be a little bit of a pushback of, well, you know, kind of an overcorrection. I'm trying not to overthink things in terms of the overreaction stuff. Right. Like I'm trying not to be counter to certain things like you should be aware of overreactions for sure like mm -hmm. my temptation right now as we record this on thursday night is to never bet the philadelphia 76ers again oh my gosh man i was on them tonight as well yeah. like just to never bet them again because of 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 how they started the season but like look if the next if I, honestly i'm going to be on the Embiid points prop for their next game versus a weak opponent that's how that's when he thrives and so yeah, like yeah. you just got to find the spots right now the sixers are kind of showing us maybe don't play them at this point in the season versus these better teams. But, you know, with the Celtics, I don't, I'm not overreacting to it. It's more a matter of my prior coming in was Miami's maybe not as good. They lost PJ Tucker. Um, yeah. They're trying out some new lineups. I've been stressing the fact they don't have a power forward all, all off season. And so if Miami is downgraded a little bit, and especially if we look at this number, right at two and a half, we're saying, this is, even if we only give Miami two on, on the, the home court, and I've got them rated a little bit less than that, even if we only give them two, two points on the home court, that's still only Celtics, you know, minus a half point, minus one, essentially with the bump, um, probably juiced against them. Uh, yeah. And if that's the case, I'm like, okay, does that sound right on a neutral court? Like, no, right? So that, that's a, the other part where I, I kind of get to this, where I think, Boston probably and the other thing is very few teams can match up with the heat this way one thing that, that I think might work in your favor though here is Miami's really reconfiguring their offense or their team structure towards offense like it was very yeah. clear that they went into the offseason we're like look man 
the defense is there. We have like the high level guys, but we ran into these stretches where you just couldn't score. So they're, they're trying to boost that. And you can tell that with the lineups that they're running, the rotations, Duncan Robinson's back in the rotation, et cetera. And if, you know, the, if the Celtics have a night where they don't hit shots like they did in game one, because they really did, they were liquid fire in that game. That probably helps you out here. It's like from that perspective, I can get on board. I think I, I feel still pretty good about Boston based off of, I just don't think the number is right. And so I'm willing to mm-hmm. go ahead and, and go on that. But we're this is the thing about the NBA though. I can be right that the number was wrong and free throws can still bump this over. That yeah. That is the beauty of the NBA, Matt. And I agree with you. I think going into the season, I was lower on Miami and we're talking about the Eastern Conference champs, right? And the Boston Celtics, they're trending up. They played an amazing game against, against Philadelphia. So I do agree with you. I think on a neutral court, if they play 10 times, Boston most likely wins eight or nine of those just because of pure talent, especially if they get Robert Williams back. But with this game here, I think it's just a good spot. It's one of those spots where I see value in. Um, it would be completely different if Miami was favored here. I would most likely be on the Boston side. But I think there is a little bit of value. And hopefully, again, hopefully that game just ends at two and then both of us can cash it. So one other game I wanted to talk about, you've got a prop coming up in the late game. We'll talk about Warriors Nuggets in a sec. I do want to touch on Toronto-Brooklyn uh, because uh, I've got a lot of games that I bet immediately when these numbers came out that I've gotten closing line value on. So I can eat all that nice. I can spend all that nice CLV that I'm getting when those bets don't actually cash. Uh, but look, it, it does at least makes me feel good that the market's moving with me. So for example, the Nets open minus four in this game. Yeah. And this one took a little bit longer. It wasn't the immediate hit that Celtics uh, heat took, but this one's moved down to full point and a half. This is down to, to Nets minus two and a half. Uh, not a home opener spot because the Nets lost that home opener versus the Pelicans. So I'm not worried about that spot. Um, this is a, a one I'm worried about the overreaction, right? The Raptors in their home opener get past a very good Cavs team in a close game, but they win, yep. they cover. It was like, or push depending on the number you got uh, good win there for Toronto in the opener. And now they're on the road versus a Brooklyn team that could not have played worse. Like they just got outclassed by the Pelicans and that's a rough spot yeah. to look at. Where I kind of come down to, though, is Toronto at least is more structured. It's more organized. I'm not worried about some of the things that worry me with Toronto in terms of the bench strength because the Nets bench is still pretty inconsistent as well. My bigger Mm -hmm. concern, honestly, is like, look, I I rewatched that Pelicans-Nets game, and there's still no structure to the offense. Like, it's still just like, uh, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want? I don't – maybe here. No, not over there. Um, I don't, Kevin, can you just kind of shoot something? Okay, cool. Yeah. Or just like, Hey, everybody, let's watch Kyrie Irving dribble. Look at him dribble. Look at him go. And that's like the entirety of their offense. It's, it's honestly what Kevin left in Oklahoma city to go to go and say, and now he has it back in Brooklyn. I agree with you. So for this game, I, you know, for the first game, we disagreed for this game. I do agree with you. The Nets just don't play any defense. Um, I think they gave up 130 points in that first game against a New Orleans team. That didn't really hit that many threes, to be honest. And it's not like the Nets played poorly. Like you said, they were just outclassed up and down the court defensively, loose balls, offensively. The fact that they scored 108 at home and lost by 22 is not a good sign. And you talk about matchups in the first game. I think Toronto matches up super well against the Brooklyn Nets because they have long, you know, wing defenders that can uh, defend Kevin Durant from 
Siakam to OG, even Scotty Barnes. So, I mean, they have a lot of athletes on their side. And I think we're going to see another example where they're just outclass and out athleticism. It's going to be very strange if they started off 0-2, that Nets team, which everyone was like, yeah, maybe everything's going to be fine. If, yeah. if things, it's just two games, but that could spiral pretty quick. Uh, I'll just go ahead and give a brief kind of summary on why I'm on the Knicks here. Look, the Knicks, we everybody was everybody was on the Knicks in, in the Memphis game because that seven and a half line that it was initially was crazy. Goes to overtime. Uh, a lot of us were on Knicks money line, almost pulled that out as well. They acquitted themselves well. You know, this number opened at five and a half, which is where I got it. At six and a half, I will say, like, I, I don't love it at six and a half. Anything over six, and I get a little nervous here. Yep. Detroit wins their home opener, but they win it barely versus an Orlando team that we know is going to be bad. Like I'm, I have the over on Orlando. I love Bancaro. I have a lot on Bancaro for rookie of the year. Yep. But like the Orlando team's bad. Like they're, they're going to be bad. And so Detroit to me hasn't proven that they can kind of hang with a team that's, that I think is basically, I've got them power rated essentially um, at a zero versus an average team. Like they're, that they are deady. They're a pick them versus an average team in the NBA based off yep. of where I've got them right now. So at five and a half, I feel okay about Knicks. What I do want to talk to you about, though, is uh, the one that's really interesting. So the Nuggets lose the, their road opener versus the Jazz. I was on the Jazz and, and on the money line, one of the few I hit on, on Wednesday night slaves, a rough night. Nice uh, hit. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It saved me, honestly, from having a worse night. Uh, now they're on the road again in chase center there's a couple of dynamics with this game that i think are not getting factored into the number so this opened at five and a half again i bet this right when it popped i just happened to catch it um it's up to six i still like it at six i think it's i think you're fine on golden state to seven the reason mm-hmm. i i do kind of think that this number is not appropriate albert is the nuggets home opener is saturday night on a back-to-back oh that's tough so jamal murray who's just coming back from injury is either you're going to have to play in the back-to-back or sit one of those two games. And I'll guarantee you, he's not sitting the home opener. Yeah. So it's very likely he either sits or is on a very strict minutes restriction to the point of why is he even playing in golden state? Also notable. That's where Jamal suffered the injury. Like there's a, there's a, a trauma aspect to this Denver, obviously like, look, I'm not overreacting to the jazz loss, but I do think that they're going to lose this game as well because they're just not, they're not tightened up yet. Like they're still figuring out how to make that first unit work together. Jamal Murray looked really rough. The bench unit was really terrible in preseason and continued that their defense is in a bad place right now. And if they don't make structural changes, I will have to start like kind of fading them in some futures aspects um, Mm -hmm. after being very high on them in preseason. But Golden State looks like it's just rolling. And okay, let me take that back because I hate when people are like that. Like Golden State's just like rolling. It's one game, right? So Golden State beats the Lakers in their home opener. Woo. But Golden State at least has continuity for where I'm not worried about Golden State's variation here. Their their floor to me is going to be higher than than Denver's. Their ceiling is going to be higher than Denver's, and their median is going to be significantly higher than Denver's median. So in, in all those variation cases, um, I like Golden State here. I know you've got a prop on this game, but what do you think about the play on the Warriors against the spread? 
No, very, very good insight on the back-to-back home opener. So that means Jamal Murray most likely will have a minutes restriction. We saw that with Kawhi tonight. He didn't even come into the game until the second half of the second quarter. So uh, maybe we see something similar with Jamal Murray, who is coming off the same injury with the ACL tear. I would say this, the Nuggets do play Golden State very well. And I think a lot of that is based on Nikola Jokic. Not think, it's true. Nikola Jokic absolutely dominates this team. That's why I'm going to go on a points plus rebounds plus assists prop over. I believe you found it at 46 and a half. I love it. Um, I do agree that Golden State is most likely going to cover. The beauty of Golden State, Matt, is they're just an excellent free throw shooting team. Like they're not going to leave many points on the floor. So even if it's a four to five point game, they're going to hit those free throws at the end to push the cover over. So I, I lean the Warriors, but I do love, I do love Nikola Jokic um, points, rebounds, and assists. And again, here one one caveat that you need to think about when it comes to this game: the Nuggets only hit five three pointers in that first game against Utah. You expect a little bit of regression in, the, in this game, um, but with that being said, I'm just going to lay off the side and a total altogether and just ride. You know, the two time MVP and Jokic. So I'll, I will. I'm going to kind of tell you and kind of not. So I'm going to take the points over. Mm-hmm. Uh, my concern is if we look at how they defended him in the playoffs, the basic thing by the end of it was make Jokic score 40, take away his passing options. And you go yeah. like, well, he's got better weapons now. Like they had, you know, they had KCP for Barton, who the Nuggets were, or the Warriors were daring to shoot. And obviously MPJ and Jamal are back. Don't know if Jamal's going to be back. Uh, I do kind of feel like the Warriors are going to say, are going to look at it and go like, look, Jokic can go for 40 on, you know, 18 shots and we're still going to win because of our advantage and efficiency. Like our offense is going to be able to to boost us. So I like the, I think Jokic will score in this game. I also looked this up today. Uh, He significantly, I wasn't able to get the actual number on what his scoring is after a loss, but I do know that he, his rate of scoring is significantly higher than 20. like more after a loss in the last two seasons, um, he goes over 27 in the following game more often than wow. he does. So wow. he will respond. This team is very, has always kind of one of their cultural touchstones is nip losing streaks in the bud. Like they, they do not, they really try to push against uh, losing skids. Um, you could say like every team does, but mo- some teams are just like, yeah, we're just like, we're taking the whole, we're taking 10 games or we're taking the whole season or whatever. Like it's, it's night by night. The nuggets really do kind of stress about how they go on after a loss. That still doesn't make me want to bet them against the spread because I think the number is still too low, but it does make me think that I think Jokic has a big night and I could very easily see uh, with pace and everything else, the PRA hitting, I think, especially rebounds after a miserable rebounding performance versus the jazz. uh, I like that play as well. So any of these combinations, I think on Jokic's props, I think is a good play. I love it. And a team that can give up 123 against the Utah Jazz. Now they have to go into San Francisco to play that offense. I love that over as well. So good luck, Matt. All right, let's wrap it up for buckets for a Friday. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back on Monday with more on the NBA. I'll come back with you on Monday. We're going to break down kind of what the weekend showed. Uh, We'll give you an early look at some of the like, not necessarily bettable things, but like how you should be looking at some of the futures markets for the awards and things like that. Make sure to follow Albert on Twitter at analytics capper. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at HB basketball and download the award-winning action network app. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. Let's get buckets.